Well, hello and special welcome to our online family. It is so good to be with you this week, and I am looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, my name is Pastor Tom. I am one of the assistant pastors here at the church and also the outreach director. And again, it is such an honor to be with you this weekend. Before we get into the Word, I just wanted to take a minute to just pray and kind of set the uh, tone for this message. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this uh, message this weekend as we uh, move into 2022. And Father, I thank you for your peace for us that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I thank you that your word goes forth with clarity this weekend. Father, I thank you that you are a good father. We thank you for who you are to us. And I thank you that as I speak, Lord God, it's not just me speaking, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me. We thank you for no distractions. And Father, we just thank you for an um, anointed message in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Well, again, it is so good to be with you this weekend. Looking forward to sharing the Word of God. The title of this message is Tough Times, Tough God. I'll say it again. The title of this message is Tough Times, Tough, Tough God. Now, this is probably an understatement, but over the past few years, most of us, if not all of us, have dealt with some type of adversity or some type of tough time. And the unique thing about the last few years is the tough times that we're dealing with are not just certain individuals, it's globally, it's across the world, and it's stuff that we've never really dealt with before. It's, it's things that people haven't seen before, again, and that's on a national scale. But the one thing that is so important is this. We have to understand we cannot depend on something in the natural. We can't depend on the world system. We can't even depend on things getting better in the natural. We do not know, but we know this. We must be prepared for whatever 2022 throws at us. One famous saying goes like this, and we've all heard it before. I do not know what tomorrow may hold, but I know who holds tomorrow. And it's really not a cliche. That is so true. But one truth that I've found about life challenges don't get easier. And life doesn't always get easier, unfortunately, but we can become more equipped as we grow and mature. And we have the Holy Spirit on the inside that helps us in every area of our lives. So pastor, this time of year, you, we, he talks about how he you know, gets the theme of the year, the word of the Lord for the year. And this year, the word of the Lord that he's really gotten is this, continue in last year's word, continue in last year's word. And that word is this, listen to this. This is key, get this, dependence on God. Lean on, focus on, keep your eyes on God. I'm gonna say that again, it's worth saying again. Dependence on God, lean on, focus on, keep your eyes on God. And that scripture the pastor talked about through the year was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So from this point forward, we're never gonna lack an opportunity to trust and rely completely on God. So we have to realize it doesn't matter what we see on Facebook, how happy somebody seems, tough times come to us all. And here's the thing, sometimes 
We may see them coming over the horizon like a wave of the sea, or sometimes they come out of left field. And honestly, that could be when they are the toughest. But either way, we have got to be prepared. So let's look in John 20, 11 through 16. This is the New Living Translation. It says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her and listened to how she responded. Because they have taken away my Lord. And I'm just going to stop there for a second. Because they have taken away my Lord. What was Mary experiencing right there? She was experiencing loss. And she said, I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabone, this is Hebrew for teacher. Now, Mary there must have been devastated. She, the only man who had shown her what true love was about was now dead, right? Her whole world turned upside down. Every hope she had was dashed and crushed. And we, all of us have felt like that at some point in our lives, right? So maybe it's the loss of the love. And whoever been in in such a traumatic situation that you felt like God was nowhere to be found. Again, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, or maybe it's the report of a life-threatening illness. Maybe it's the loss of a career. Maybe it's the loss of a dream home, or sometimes these could be the worst, the, the loss of a relationship when a relationship that meant so much to you or, or us has come to an end. But in the midst of all this, if we look close enough, we realized he was with us all this time and he is with us now. And sometimes in circumstances, we could get so overwhelmed and so distracted and just so beat down that we can't even see God. But again, if we look close enough, we see he's with us all the time and he is with us now. And that's the great thing. So if we would just listen inside, we're going to hear this, that still small voice that calms our soul. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So 2022 may be the year we find the answer to this question. How big is my God? Right? What are we talking about? Tough times and a tough God. So if we lock our arms with God, keep our eyes on him, we're going to come through adversity learning lessons. And that is such a big deal. If we keep our focus on Jesus will come out with the gold in every situation, right? I've heard people say, don't ever waste a situation. I don't ever want to waste a situation, but it's so important to learn lessons as we come through challenges. And just perspective is so key in life. Perspective is one of the biggest things is how we see things. And I just want to share something personal on perspective of challenges that come my way that makes it a lot easier for me personally to handle challenges and you know, there's challenges just like you. I, I get overwhelmed and they, they like, man, this one's tough. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this one. But I kind of keep this perspective. When I, I'll use an example. When I come to work and there may be challenges, I, 
work full time in the ministry, and it's such an honor to to work at New Beginnings and and serve here along with this team. It's such a blessing. But three things I've adopted when I when I come to work every day, I say, how can I be a blessing to this organization? How can I take pressure off other people? How can I serve my my leaders? And I ask myself, how can I be a blessing? That's one way that helps me go through challenges. Number two, I ask myself this question, how can I get better at what I do today than I was tomorrow? How can I become an expert in my field, an expert in what I do, in excellence and character? And number three, which is the biggest of all, we're kind of going to talk a little bit about that. How can I become more like Jesus today? And that's really the greatest goal in any situation. So let's look at James 1, 2 through 4. This is in the New King James Version. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, there's times, let's, let's be honest, we aren't counting it all joy. It's tough. We, we, we want to count it all joy when we're out of the trial. But it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's something about going through trials. There's something about going through pressure that molds us and shapes us and gives us character and makes us more like Jesus. Listen to this same scripture in the message translation, chapter two through four. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from every single side. And man, in the last two years, if we do not feel like tests and challenges are coming on every single side, I don't know when in history it's been like that. But listen to this. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I remember Martin, the children's director, preached a message about a mirror. And he talked about how if if they skip any process in a mirror, in in the making of a mirror, there's going to be kinks in it and faults in it, and it's going to come out imperfect, right? Because you have to go through the process, gold and and precious stones. They go through heat. They go through pressure. So it's so important that we don't run away from the process. We run into and say, Lord, how can this make me more like you? How can I get gold out of this situation? So as I was preparing for this, I started thinking most great things in life, whatever it is, take time. What does it say? Patience. Well, you would, he, they would, James wouldn't tell us to be patient if it didn't take time. Be patient, So most great things take time and pressure. Pressure challenges adversity. I want to share something that just jumped in my heart as I was uh, preparing for this message. Something that somebody shared years back. I worked for Star 99.1 and um, there was a woman there who had shared a devotional. We used to, at different times, people that worked there, the staff would share devotionals. And she shared a devotional and she talked about how when we're rebuilding in life, sometimes it's painful. And sometimes it, things make it even a little worse at times before they get better because why you're rebuilding, you're tearing things out and that can be painful. Well, she talked about the story of the Chicago Cubs and she talked about this before they actually won the World Series. They had a 108-year drought. And she talked about 
a little bit about how they had a five-year plan. So I, so I looked it up and I kind of got a little more information about it. So in 2011, the Cubs were the oldest team in their division, the most expensive team in the division, and the worst team in the division. That's um, you know a division of maybe five or six teams in baseball. And they really need to start, start over. So they brought in a guy named Theo Epstein, who prior to that had helped the Boston Red Sox break an 86-year drought. So now they're in a 105-year, 103-year drought at the time in 2011. So he devised a five-year plan to rebuild this team. They started with not just talented players, but, ta- but players who had character. Excuse me, let me uh, take a drink here. But players with character. And this is what he said, and this is what I want to get at. He said, because baseball is a game with a ton of adversity inherent in it, and so is life, and players that tend to respond to adversity the right way and triumph in the end are players with strong character. If you have enough guys like that in the clubhouse, you have an edge on the other team. I just saw over the years that teams that we did that did remarkable things it was always because players didn't want to let each other down they wanted to lift each other up and isn't that what we are about here at new beginnings lifting people up we're people of character but that was what theo epstein said and what happened 5 years they started out they they weren't doing so good at first and 5 years later they won the world series broke a 108 year drought why because they rebuilt, they were not afraid of the challenges. They embraced the pressure. And this is what Joe Madden sent to the team. Embrace the pressure, embrace expectation, because it's if you do, you could end up winning the first World Series in 108 years, and they did. So I just wanted to share that, because that story really kind of jumped in my heart, that we need to embrace challenges, embrace the pressure, be patient, because gold is going to come out of that. So a Christian author, Warren Worsby said, if we see only the problems, we will be defeated. But if we see the possibilities in the problem, we can have the victory. That team, the Cubs, saw the possibilities. They saw what could happen. So how big is your God? How big is my God? The most important lesson that I've learned is this. We have to trust God in every circumstance. And a lot of times we go through di- different trials and following God's plan seems like it doesn't make any sense at all. God is always in the middle of our battles. We need to understand that and he will never leave us. So what we wanna talk about the rest of the way in this message, and again, I'm really enjoying sharing this message. I hope it's really resonating with you. And man, it resonated with me so much. But today God has four things we need to remember while we're going through, right? While we're going through these challenges promises that anchor us to hold steady in the worst of storms. Hebrews 6, 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. So the first thing that we need to remember that God is speaking to us is, I will strengthen you. God's strengthening you. He's strengthening me. He's strengthening us. It's so refreshing to know that we could rest in the strength and strength and comfort that God provides when we're facing a crisis. Man, it is so awesome to know we have the strength. And I love the scripture, Isaiah 41.10, the New Living Translation. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. Man, he holds us up. He strengthens us. We don't need to be discouraged. We don't need to fall to pieces. 
Isaiah 43, 2, the new international version, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. See, when we walk through fires, when we walk through, when we walk through things as Christians, just like it says in James, we come out complete, perfect, lacking nothing. See, the enemy tries to come at things with us, but we come out on the other side smelling like roses. We come out, we don't smell like smoke, right? We, we aren't all beat up and bruised up. We come out as, with gold out of the situation. We come out refined. We come out mature. We come out complete, lacking nothing. See, Paul the apostle was a man subjected to constant stress and persecution. His ministry to the Roman Empire required him to travel thousands and miles and face constant danger. I don't know about you. I like to travel at some times, but man, sometimes I just love to be home. So it would be challenging to know that you're constantly traveling. You like to have your stuff a certain way, use your own, you know, sleep in your own bed, your own bathroom, whatever. But during his last imprisonment, as he was facing execution, Paul wrote this to Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18, the New King James. At my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord, listen to this, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. So the Lord stood with him and the message was preached fully through him in prison and that all the Gentiles might hear. He's getting the gold out of this situation. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, then the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we're not sure if Paul was referring to the devil or actual lions. Either way, God delivered him and he took the gold out of this. See, many times we feel like we're surrounded by problems that have a voice. Those fierce lions, they have a voice. But Jesus Christ is with us to strengthen us and equip us through all adversity. Listen to this. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, NIV. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulty for when I am weak, then I am strong. He speaks to us as he spoke to Paul and I'm gonna speak it to you. His strength is perfected in you when you are weakest. See, the Christian's weakness is not a sign of deficiency, but a de on dependency on the one who dwells in us. Usually, I know, speaking for myself, some of the weakest things that I was so weak in ended up be being my strengths. Ended up being my strengths. Why? Because his strength is perfect, and the same goes for you. His strength is perfected in weakness. I remember uh, I had a couple days that were just so challenging and one time, and it was just, man, I looked at the day of the weekend, whew, all I got to do. And I remember just getting up and saying, Lord, 
I receive your grace for the day. I know pastor talked about it. I receive your grace for the today. And I ended up going through a day and be like, man, that wasn't so bad. Why? Because his grace was there, right? So he's going to strengthen us. He will answer us. Have you ever needed a plan and you needed it now? See, the Israelites stood on the banks of the Red Sea. They had just, they had just left Egypt. They had suffered terribly for centuries under the brutality of slavery, but now they face an impassable sea and their enemies are chasing them behind. So Moses does, does something smart and something dumb. Don't get on Moses. We've all done it. Some of us has done one thing smart and five things dumb, right? But Moses does something smart, something dumb. Smart thing he does, he doesn't take the burden on himself. That's the smartest thing we could do. Exodus 14, 13 through 14, New Living Translation. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Awesome. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Your enemies will never be seen again. I'm going to wipe them out. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Cool as ice. Just stay cool. Something dumb, he cries out to God. Exodus 14, 15 through 16, the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on the dry ground. Why was that dumb? Because God already told Moses to do it. Take the people to the promised land. So it was dumb because he already told them to do it. There's a time to pray and there's a time to act on what you already know. The answer comes, what do you have in your hand? Lift up, lift it up, and the sea is parted, and all them walk over on dry ground. See, the answer was in his track record. The staff always represented family history, genealogy. Moses' staff reminded him of everything God did for him since he had, since he had first come back to Egypt. So God hasn't changed. What he did for him, he's going to do for us. He's more than able to give us everything we need to overcome every obstacle in life. God almost always answers prayer with instruction. Say the prayer, but do the instruction. If we don't do the instruction, we can't expect to see the answers manifest. So it takes the two of us, him and me, him and you, him and us, Right? There's always a God side to things, and there's always a man side to things. In Exodus 15, 22 through 25, Moses led, Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why it's called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. The problem was lack of undrinkable water. Moses prays, does he receive drinkable water? No, he receives instruction. So what if they rejoiced at the answer but never followed the instruction? They would have died in the wilderness just days after leaving Egypt. By the way, the, the wood represents 
the cross of Jesus Christ, making our lives that were bitter now sweet. So following instructions we receive in prayer is the key to real answers to our problems. Number three, I will provide for you. I will provide for you. Jesus told his disciples not to worry about food or clothing, not to worry about anything. Matthew 6, 25 through 26, the New Living Translation. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Since the father watches over the birds of the air, we can certainly count on him to take care of us. When we place our trust fully in the Lord, he provides the very best for us. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 11, when the Lord God brings you into the land, he swore to your forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied. If God has promised he'll meet your needs, then you could be confident he will do it. See, as a follower of Jesus Christ, our heavenly father is committed to meet our needs. In Ephesians 3.20, I have it on this bracelet right here. He's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. The The Lord delights in giving you and giving me his very best. We just need to simply trust him. We don't need to run after it like people who don't have Christ in life. We don't need to run after those things he promises. He says he delights in the prosperity of his servants. We just have to keep our heart after him. We just have to go after him, seek his kingdom, seek the kingdom of God, seek his way of doing things, When challenges come our way, say, bring them on because I'm just gonna be more like Christ. Bring them on because I'm walking in victory. Bring them on because I'm overcoming. Bring them on because I'm walking through and I'm coming out the other side. I'm gonna come out the other side pure. I'm gonna come out the other side complete, lacking nothing. Why? Because I have a God. I have a God that walks me through everything, amen? And finally, our final point, I'm gonna give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29, Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Jesus is gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Basically, he's saying this, come to me, attach yourself to me and you will find rest. Cling to me, cling to me to him, cling to his promises. Jesus wants to give us the same kind of rest he experienced on the earth. So what does that rest look like? Mark 4, 35 through 40, New Living Translation. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a force excuse me, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Listen to this. Man, 
Some of us can't even sleep through the night. Jesus was sleeping on the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're gonna drown? Then Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still, that's our savior. Suddenly the wind stopped, there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus is saying, trust in me. Everything's gonna be all right. He was so calm, why? Because he had just an unwavering trust in God. So Jesus knew how to rest. He didn't worry or panic over anything. So sleeping on a cushion during a storm is not natural. It's supernatural. But we serve a supernatural God. We don't just live in the natural. So is that even possible to achieve? Listen to this. Paul, Paul's a human, right? Acts 12, 6 through 9 in the New Living Translation. I'm sorry, I keep giving you the the verse just because maybe you don't have it up on the screen, but um, I believe they're going to be putting them on on the... uh, video, but I'm kind of reading you exactly the translation so it's easier for you. So the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Fastened with two chains behind between two soldiers, others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. The angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. So Peter is asleep in jail, not concerned about anything in the world, no concern. That's not natural, that's supernatural. Where did he learn this? He learned this in the boat with Jesus, right? So God gives us these promises. He's gonna strengthen us. He's gonna answer us. He's gonna provide for us and he's going to give you and me rest. So in 2022, this is the kind of rest he wants us to learn. How do we learn it? Really simple, by inviting Jesus into our storms inviting Jesus into our prison cells. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the New King James Version, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen to this. Man, I love this scripture. I pray this so much over people. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all natural understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So no matter what you're facing in this season of life as you're listening online, we talked about what tough times, tough God, but a good God, right? A tough God who takes us through things. Nothing can stand against them, but he's, as as we talked about in that scripture, he's gentle. He's a gentle father. He loves us and he cares for us deeply. So I want to ask you a question as we close. Are you in a storm? Are you being tossed around in a, like, a, like a cork in water, something in water, tossed around all over in your life? Are you in a prison cell? Are you bound by life-controlling habits? Are you just living in, in anxiety and fear and so much pressure that you don't know how you're going to go into 22? Are you looking at 2022 with dread? 
Wherever you are today, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry burdens, and I will give you rest. So church, it's time to declare our dependence on God in 2022 and let him know we mean business. Let him know that things are gonna be different. And we're gonna do that together. I'm gonna ask us to raise our hands and we're gonna pray together and make a commitment. But before we pray, pray, let's make sure we're all on the same page. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, this is a great time to do it. This is a great time to have a fresh start. And you're looking into 2022 and you want a fresh start and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I want to depend on God, I don't, but I don't know how to do it and I want a fresh start. In John 1, 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So all we have to do is believe. We have to put our faith in Jesus Christ. He, he died on the cross for our sins. He died so we could come back into relationship with the Father and he could pay the price of our sins. We couldn't do it ourselves. It's not something you earn. And it's a, it's a gift from God. In, in um, Ephesians, it talks about by grace we're saved, that it's a gift of God. And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? We live with God for eternity. We're forgiven. We're, we're made whole. We come into relationship with him. It says, with your heart, you believe, and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So let's declare our faith in Jesus. Let's just pray this prayer together as we close. Father, I declare my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe he rose again so that I could live forever. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on the past and receive him into my life. I thank you that I'm a child of God, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, you've came into a new relationship with God. You may look the same, but in your heart, you are a new person. You have a new life and you have a fresh start. And now as a church, I want us to pray together. We talked about if you are burdened and, and you feel going into 2022 that, that you feel burdened and, and under pressure and you want to declare together, we're gonna declare together, we're going into 2022 dependent on God. So if we could just raise our hands together, if you could raise your hands, close your eyes, let's make this commitment together that we are not gonna handle adversity on our own. We are gonna do it with the strength of God. So just close your eyes and, and raise your hands and repeat after me. Father, I acknowledge my dependence on you. I thank you that 2022 will be different. I will trust you. I will honor you. I will acknowledge you in all my ways. I cast all of my cares on you because I know 
you care for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, just let us know at info at newbeginningsnj.org. That's info at newbeginningsnj.org. And again, it was great to be with you. It was an honor to, to share this message with you. God bless you and have an amazing 2022.